Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm so excited to have Krista Patricia on today. She's a fellow FDN slash P practitioner. And um, we're going to get into a topic that maybe is a little bit taboo, but we're here to bring it to the crowd. So welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and just bring this topic to your audience as well. Yeah. Well, give us a little bit of background about you. Yeah. So I am by training a emergency room physician assistant and I kind of always have had a passion for medicine and that's kind of the route I took. And through my personal journey, um, kind of took me to doing functional diagnostic practitioner. So an FDMP, um, so my story is that I became ill, like in my early thirties and didn't really know what was going on. I had a lot of just unusual symptoms that I mostly correlated with stress and kind of just put off. And so I started to just become like really debilitated at certain points in my life with it, where it was just challenging to get out of bed and um, just do my daily functioning. So I was going to a lot of appointments. I worked in modern medicine. So I was like seeing a lot of my colleagues and just trying to figure out what was going on. And pretty much I was at a, just an end of the road trying to figure out there was no answers for me. A lot of them thought it was anxiety, just causing a lot of symptoms. So kind of at that point, I um, just ignored it and just tried to keep pushing on. And then really my turning point was that I had um, gotten pregnant and had a pregnancy and had a baby that had some complications during pregnancy and then delivered her at eight months and she didn't survive. And I kind of went on after that to just feeling a lot worse after that delivery and then having two more miscarriages after that. And at that point, I really knew something wasn't right in my body. I knew something was going on. And so as a medical practitioner, I just started researching on my own. I cleaned up my life, went just really diet modified and cleaned up all the toxins that I was bringing in, but I still knew something was missing because I was still feeling really sick. And that's when I kind of explored the fact that about five years prior to that, I had gotten breast implants placed after having a double lumpectomy um, for a breast cancer scare I got in my 20s. Um, And initially, I was told that there was no way that those breast implants were making me ill, but it was through the process of really just researching that I came across a lot of women who are having very similar symptoms to me um, and that were struggling and had breast implants in. And that's when I discovered breast implant illness. So at that point in time, I decided that I needed to have my implants removed. And so I was 
not in the greatest health state and very brain fog. So at that point, I did the research I felt necessary. I found a surgeon locally, had my implants removed, and I would say I got about 60% better, but I still had these lingering symptoms. And so I kind of went about my life um, doing what I had to do, and I became um, in a situation where I was very stressed. And at that point, I lost vision in my right eye and started having a lot more troubles. And I was diagnosed with lupus and Sjogren's at that point, two autoimmune diseases. And it was at that point that I really realized that even though I knew that breast implants had made me sick, I thought that explanting and just getting my breast implants removed was kind of what I needed to do. But I realized that really it's much more than that. And there's a huge detoxification process. So that's kind of what's brought me to where I am now. And that's just, I have a great passion for just educating people on what breast implant illness is and not only um, healing through explanting, but really that there is a, a very organized process that people need to go through in order to completely heal. And it's very individualized based on the person and how those implants have really affected their health. Um, and what that looks like for them. So that's kind of what's brought me here today. So yeah, wow, what <laughs> yeah. a journey. Um, I'm so sorry for your losses as well. That is, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I mean, everything is tragic, right? When you're, you're dealing with something like this, but obviously, yeah. when you're trying to become a mom, that's like the big slap in the face that something is not right. With hindsight, what was kind of some of your early symptoms? Yeah, I would say my early symptoms. So I did have two living children. So I, um, prior to um, even getting implants, um, and so I knew what it felt like to be healthy before and have kids, but I said, it started to become very fatigued. I realized I wasn't remembering some things or I felt a little bit like confused, even what was going on. Um, and I, I just really put it off as being just a mom of young babies, you know, young kiddos. Mm -hmm. And, but it got worse. I started getting joint pains. I started having like GI stuff, whether it was just stomach aches, if it was alternating, alternating diarrhea and constipation, but then it progressed to where I started having a lot of shortness of breath and just chest pain and almost like this sensation of something heavy on my chest that I had to be just making these intentional breaths. Um, every time I was breathing, I got a lot of light sensitivity, a lot of noise. I couldn't handle noise, especially like loud high pitch noises were challenging for me. And it, then it led to a lot of anxiety and, and such like that. But a lot of my symptoms initially were very vague, just mm -hmm. fatigue, body aches, not feeling well. Yeah. I think a lot of people experience that. Um, and obviously your doctors uh, and you being, a, you know, a practitioner yourself thinking, well, is this, this is normal, right? Yeah. Yes. And yes. from your experience and obviously your background, why, why are we calling this normal now? Why is all these symptoms common and normal for everyone? Yeah, I think from my experience, it's a lot of unknowns. I think in healthcare, we want definitive answers in traditional medicine and we want specific diseases. And oftentimes those are related to just one specific organ system or um, body part or whatever it may be. So when we start having these big symptoms, I think it's very easy to just say, 
oh, we're stressed. Life is complicated. There's a lot going on in the world. It's normal to feel like that. You know, you have young kids or you're tired, you're working in your career. So I think it's been just the pressures of just the world and not having direct answers for why patients or clients have certain symptoms that they have has made it very easy to just deal with it by saying, this is just normal. It's normal to feel like that when you have young kids or you're a young working adult or when you're old, or I feel like it just transitions with the stages of life of why they're normal. But I personally feel it's a lot of um, unexplained answers in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When it comes to implants, um, do they need to be leaking to cause issues? So no, they don't have to be leaking. And there are numerous types of implants that women can get. And there's been a lot of people talking back and forth about whether saline versus silicone make women sick or more sick. And honestly, it's just any of them can. The biggest difference to understand when it comes to that, even this leaking question is um, silicone implants tend to just be one solid implant of whatever silicone material they're made of. versus saline are silicone line implants that surgeons place and then they fill them once they are placed in the body. So they do this through a valve. So when those those saline implants go in, it's a one-way valve with the idea that that valve should never be able to leak out. We can only just fill the bags more to make your implants change in size. But oftentimes what happens is you have faulty valves, you have trauma, the chest, mammograms, just various things, or just it's not a good implant. And things not only get to come into those implants, but they leak out. And so you have this exchange going in and out of the body and in the breast tissue. And our breast tissue is not a sterile environment. You know, um, there's a lot of the lymphatics there, there's, there's a breast ducting and none of that stuff is sterile. And so when it's going in and out of those implants, it can really cause mold exposure. The toxins from both implants are leaking into the body and people just really become ill. But no, it's not necessarily that just things have to leak from the inside of an implant. It's over time, things degrade. If you think of it even as you put plastic in a microwave and you heat it up, we know now that that leaks into our drinks and our food and how toxic that is for us. The same holds for implants. When those implants even get at body temperature and then especially above, whether it's with exercise, sauning, whatever brings that up, it's, it can enhance how much leaking of that implant of the toxins are coming in your body. And it's just even from the outer coating of those implants as well. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and do you think um, genetics plays a big part in how people respond to implants? So I do feel it has a part. I think that, um, I think that no matter what implants are foreign body in us. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's kind of a couple folds to this situation. We get sick from breast implant illness because of the toxic material that can be leaking into our body. Um, from the implants, but also we have an immune response because it's a foreign body we put inside of us. And then our body is chronically trying to get rid of this. And we go in from an acute stage of inflammation and our body's immune system being triggered to now my immune system is triggered every day, trying to fight what this is And our body's natural process. in that is to form capsular tissue around these implants, which is a whole nother issue in how 
people get sick. But what I do feel when it comes to genetics and is an important part of um, when I approached myself and my clients is that um, depending on your genetic history and potential, it depends on how well we can manage, whether it's our detoxification pathways, whether how our immune system functions, you know, our genetics play a huge role in just all of our body system and processes. So I do feel that some people could get more sick from implants or notice symptoms sooner or greater than other people for sure. So I do feel that there is some genetic potential involved, which is, I think, why we see some women who do great with implants. They aren't having symptoms. They either have just their bodies aren't reacting to it the way, or they don't notice the symptoms as much and have learned to cope with those. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely a big believer in that for all things, right? Yes, because absolutely. that's why it's hard from a holistic functional point of view to say these things can happen. And mm -hmm. especially to a client that might be in denial because, you know, especially with fertility, they look at the crackhead on the side of the street who gets yeah. pregnant really easily yeah. and is doing all so the good. wrong things. And they're like, but yeah. she can do it. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not her. Yeah. And you can't compare yourself. You've got to look inwards and just get real, real with yourself. Is this an issue for me? Yeah. That's so interesting you say that, Monica, because I feel like that is to me the difference too between traditional model and functional medicine model is that even though we know in the modern medicine world that there's groups of people who may be more um, prone to getting certain illnesses or diseases, generally speaking, we don't look at those kind of factors. And it is so huge in just all of our processes is how we're collectively made up in our genetics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just really important. I mean, what would be the first step for someone who's like, okay, I have breast implants for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I'm dealing with fertility issues. What steps would they need to take to start exploring if it is in fact the implants that are contributing to the issues? Yeah, I think looking at so many things and just how your body is handling. So looking at our getting real with, are we having symptoms, looking at those symptoms of what people who have breast Ill, implant illness look like, because sometimes they're so vague. Like you said, we just say, this is just normal, you know, but it's not normal. It's not normal for us to live like that. So I think the first step is really trying to evaluate, am I having these things? And then the next step, I think, is just really looking at, it's fine. We can start doing all the detoxification and, and, and what that process looks like. Um, but if we don't want to remove the agent, I, I, I have concerns with how that continuously affect our body. Because even with fertility and in my journey of just having a stillborn that had health issues and then miscarriages, I very much feel that my implants were a significant role in that. Um, and I think it's because my immune system was so fired at, at trying to deal with my implants and all the toxic exposures and making my body, it couldn't allow me to have healthy ovulation, conception, and healthy quality eggs, just all things. My hormones were so imbalanced. So I think really just stepping back and looking at those things and then just asking ourselves like, okay, is explanting an option for me or not? And if not, there are ways to do the best you can to try to get your body healthy and then explore what that looks like for you without explanting, but removing the agent definitely like anything is definitely a big part of the healing process. 
Uh, yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more in the sense that my motto is you have to reduce the inflammation before you can start healing yes. your body. Yes. It will take just so much longer. It's not that it's not doable, right. but especially with fertility, you already feel time poor and it's something that you can radically or you could something you can do to radically speed up that process yes. of healing. Um, yes. And thank you for sharing your story, you know, with your losses. I think it's really important for women to hear that. And from, you know, a point of view that there's nothing set in stone, you yeah. know, people can do things perfectly. And sometimes life is literally just a bitch, right? Yeah. Yes. But there are times that you can really look at yourself, at your body and be truly honest and go, okay, I see where I could have done something differently to help prevent what happened. Yeah. And that's a really hard conversation to have with women because we already feel so much blame and guilt and mm -hmm. anger. And we put it all on ourselves and our bodies, which ironically um, even contributes more to that inflammation. Yes. Right. Um, but I think it's really important to do that because one, it's a healing modality. Um, you're able to release those stored emotions and you can start moving past that inflammation and, yeah. you know, really set yourself up for, um, a better outcome and not keep having reoccurring miscarriage or, you know, the same, whatever the issue is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I feel too, I like women to know there's no shame in our decisions that we have made and we all make them for different reasons and there's nothing wrong with right. Any of those decisions, we carry enough guilt and there's so much emotional component even to healing, like, you know, mm -hmm. um, that if we, if we don't address those things that our healing can't be complete. So I find so important for people who are struggling with this, whether it's implants and you're having infertility as well as that, you know, don't own shame in that, just own that this is just part of your story in your journey. And, but it doesn't have to be your final chapter. This doesn't have to be the end. Yeah. And there's so much beauty that can come from that. And the greatest beauty is to me is the opportunity to have a healthy, enjoyable pregnancy and baby at the end. And I feel like there is so much hope in that. And yeah. it's just a process. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't know, right? No, like no. we didn't know these things. Like I could beat myself up about going into my first round of IVF. Like literally the right. only thing I changed was I started drinking non-alcoholic beers, right? right. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. Yes. And, yeah. um, it was a massive waste of money, time, effort, heartache. But um, instead of just going to do another round of IVF, which that was the recommendation of our fertility clinic, I stopped and went, there's got to be a better way. It didn't, yes. what I was doing did not work and I've got to try something different. And I think yeah, that's, I that. you know, the empowering message is that um, even when you feel like you're doing everything right um, there's two things, either there's, you're not doing the right things for you or right. time. You just yes. haven't given it enough time because, you know, um, healing is not a quick fix. No. Yeah. Definitely a process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's 
Oh, I know there's a huge process, right? If you get the implants yeah. removed, you, like you say, they're, it's not that simple, right? We yeah. really have to almost retrain the body to work in harmony with ourselves again. Yeah. What is kind of one of your biggest takeaway during this process for women? Um, so my biggest takeaway is just that, yeah, just give yourself grace and it's okay to receive help. I think often as women, we carry this, that we have to conquer all this stuff alone and we have to be an expert in every area or we feel that we're not enough or we're less than. And I think that in this process, I really had to even ask myself, I was a healthcare practitioner. How did I get myself in this mess? How didn't I know this? I had to really just own that. I don't know everything and we're not going to know everything. And I had to give myself grace in that and then realize that this is a process, but in this process, so many beautiful things can come from it. And now I'm able to help clients in my story, just like you, that we've used something that was hard for us just to reach other women, to have them have healing and just purpose in their life. Um, so I just think that just having hope that you don't have to do it alone. There's people there to help you. And it takes a lot of pressure off when you have the right people helping you. Cause you don't have to stress about what that looks like. Yeah. And and it's okay. And sometimes it's adjustments and, and it is okay to just live and feel those feelings and to just grow in those places. So, yeah, yeah. I think, um, everyone thinks healing is this like, you know, upward hill, right? It's hard, but yeah. you're going to go up and don't worry. You're not going to, you fall down again. And I just don't believe that's true. Yeah. I feel it's, it's an up and down journey. And yeah, even when you get to a place of um, supreme confidence, right, that you, you, you've done everything right. And you're so amazing now that shit can still happen. You can still For have sure. bad days. Yeah. Um, you know, like my, last frozen embryo transfer, I had everything. I had success from a, an IVF baby. I had the immune suppressing drugs. I had the right diet, the right mindset, yeah. and I still miscarried, right? Like yeah. just know that that is just part of the journey. I mean, I know it's shit <laughs> and yeah. I wish it wasn't, but I, I think that needs to be talked about more a lot too, because sometimes we are sold this like false sense of, well, just stick on the diet, yeah. just do the meditations, just go to yoga and everything will be fine. I and agree. I don't believe it's like that. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and you'll see a lot in breast implant illness where they say even slogans like the heel is real, which is beautiful. And it is the heel is real. But at the same time, I think just like you say, it's, I feel like we're falling short on reaching these women that have implants and just saying, just get them out and you'll be fine. And so then there's people wondering, why am I not fine? Mm -hmm. I did the things I'm not fine. And I think that can cause a lot more issues for people. And so I agree, it is a process and things do happen and you might still have struggles or get sick or miscarry or, you know, it's part of life still, but you don't have to stay where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the physical side of things, um, obviously breasts have been made this huge thing in society. Yeah. And um, obviously it's a really big deal. Um, 
to get your breast implants removed, whether you needed them for medical reasons or just for pure pleasure for yourself to make yourself look better. I think they're both valid. And then obviously to get them removed, have those scars, what does it look like or what did it look like for yourself and for your clients to move through that? Because I think that's a very important thing to talk about because our bodies are are real right and I know sometimes it it gets like oh don't worry you know that's just so vain of you to think of that but I think it's really important so what's your best advice on that part of it yeah I do feel like that is so real for women and there's so much pressure in the world surrounding us and then internally um and I think it's a process too, to get there. I think that a lot of people know that they're making them sick, but they're just not there. And I would just encourage people even in that place to just continue to search themselves. And why is it within me that I feel like that's so important to my identity and who I am? Um, and I really had to ask myself those questions. Um, and then I do feel like even just on a medical standpoint of that is, a really good surgeon that knows properly how to explant and what to do is a game changer for that. I think it can be scary to get something removed that you have really got for a purpose you felt you should have gotten them and then not know what you're going to look like. Am I going to be deformed? Am I going to have no breasts? Am I going to have these horrible scars? What all that? But I think even just having a really good surgeon to help you through that step and what that looks like, which sometimes is a process. Sometimes it's two different surgeries to get that, but you can still have what you want to look like in your body. It's just modified. So um, I think on that physical part, it's just, I look at a lot of mindset and a lot of emotional healing in that. I think that is where there's a lot of whatever your reason for getting them, it might not be anything substantial or it could be trauma related from childhood or just whatever. I think it's a huge part of the process that we miss is really addressing the emotional well-being. Um, and so I think it's a lot of internal work and in looking at that, but I think we are still beautiful <laughs> even with the modification of what that looks like. And I remember the day that I got mine explanted I was so worried. And afterward, I just had this relief and I'm not very well chested. (laughs) So (laughs) it's not like I came out like, and I just felt like this release, not just physically, like I don't have this heaviness on my chest, but I had this emotional release and empowerment in my decision. And I think that alone helped me in the physical realm of how I was feeling about my body. And now it's just a beautiful empowerment. Even my scars are minimal, but I still have some scars, but I can look and just be like, you know, that's part of my journey. And I just love myself and my body because of the work that I've done. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree before even going into any type of surgery like that, it's really mentally preparing yourself um, to work through what's about to come because, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think there's probably um, like a sacral space right there for women, right? Only yeah. for the fact of that's where you feed your baby, yeah. right? 
Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that there's a lot of emotional tie there and, you know, you take away all the society bullshit that they put on our boobs, Yeah. (laughs) like bring it back to, I think women are innately connected to that because, you know, not that I'm saying everyone has to breastfeed, but it's in our DNA in us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that to do that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think sometimes obviously it's a physical issue yeah but also it's a lot of mental and emotional yeah I agree yeah Yeah. well thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your wisdom yeah yeah it was so great to meet with you yeah for sure let our listeners know where they can find you yes you can find me on instagram at krista underscore patricia underscore or you can find me on um, TikTok at just Krista underscore Patricia. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. And you are a wealth of knowledge coming from so many different areas, which is very rare. Yeah. You have the Western side, you have the yeah. functional side, you have the um, experience side. So I definitely yeah. think that is, um, you know, priceless. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. Thank um, you. Well, thank you so much once again, and I'm sure we'll connect soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.